What's up, guys? You're here with your host, Matt Valentin, and we are here with our guest, Todd Hibbs. Good morning, Matt. Always good to be here with you. Oh, yeah. So this is our second interview, and we're going to try to stay away from the topics we talked about on the first one. We're going to go a new direction. We're actually going to go in um, the coaching search direction. So okay. as everyone knows, we are looking for a new head coach for football, mm-hmm. and season just ended. So how did this process start, and what are you guys doing now? So we're about uh, one month into this process. It was about a month ago that um, we named uh, Chris Rosalo, who had been a coordinator with the program, our interim coach um, for the time period that we extend until we hired a uh, full-time permanent coach. So it's, that's been a, almost a month um, now. And pretty quickly, uh, you know, we formed a committee on campus. It's a nine-member committee. Um, that inc- it's pretty far-reaching and diverse. It includes people who've been at Hiram a long time, a short time. Uh, there's ethnic diversity, departmental diversity, and even a couple of members of the football uh, program who are on the committee. So the committee was formed in about that first week um, after the announcement um, uh, back in October. And then uh, we needed to get the uh, position description out, the, you know, the job ad out. And it went out to the NCAA site and some other higher education sites and sports sites and, of course, our own Hiram College site. Then we started to uh, form some, you know, details within the committee about what we wanted our timeline to be. Timeline's very important. Um, you know, a, a coach needs to recruit uh, for the institution and for the program. And so we wanted a pretty sharp um, timeline. And I'm really pleased to share today that our chair of the committee, Dr. Roxanne Sorek, has done an incredible job um, organizationally in, in leading this committee. And we are on our timeline. And I'll share a little bit about that, I'm sure, here in a moment. But um, So those things happened. Um, then there came a point where it was time to start looking at those applications as dozens and dozens of them came in. And uh, so we're in a position now where several, um, probably about a dozen um, telephone interviews have already taken place. Um, coaching candidates, you know, they submit their normal materials like resumes and cover letters. We also, in this search, asked for folks to... Uh, send to us a video expression, some sort of a video that they've done, perhaps an interview or their own video that they've made that they can share their philosophy with us on camera. Um, So a number of different pieces have happened in these last roughly 28 days or so, um, but we're getting to a close point to being able to invite folks to campus. Okay, so we talk about timeline. What is your guys' timeline? Well, we wanted to be able um, to have people on campus. You know, here at Hiram College, we have the 12-week and then the three-week rather Mm -hmm. than a traditional 15. We wanted to be able to bring our candidates to campus in the first and second weeks of the three-week term. So that's the week of December 2nd and as a backup week, the week of December 9. Mm -hmm. And we are going to be able to do that. Uh, It appears as though we'll likely have candidates here on December 2, 3, 4, and then potentially on December 9th as well the next week. And the reason to, to hit that timeline is that means that probably later in that second week then we will be able to go ahead and make an offer and, and hopefully come to terms to an agreement um, with a new uh, permanent head coach of the football program. And that's important because that coach then will need to evaluate staff that are currently here as to who you know would be retained and continue and then who from outside this coach might bring um, to Hiram College. And then, you know, it's, it's time to get started on recruiting. And mm-hmm. one of the things that we thought in the position we were in is we would be one of the first programs that would be able to make an announcement and get headed in that direction, and that's an advantage for us. So I've asked the committee and the chair to, to please stick to that timeline, and I'm really pleased to report they've done so. That's awesome. So before we even get into these questions, how or what caused the, 
I would say not firing because the mutual decision is said. Mm-hmm. What caused that for you guys, you and him, uh, Coach Stanford, to sit down and say it's time to part ways? Yeah, Coach, even though I had not been here for um, a long time, you know, just a matter of months, uh, Coach Stanford and I started to develop, I think, what was a strong working relationship within my first week on the job. We started to get to know one another and talk about why he had come to Hiram, you know, back um, in the beginning and, and how things were going. And we continued to evaluate the program together. And um, we got, you know, midway through the season, we talked about what it was going to take in the future to get to where we wanted to be and about, um, you know, exploring, you know, what, what are our options and, and what are you interested in doing, Coach Stanford, and what is my philosophy and, and how do they align? And like you said, I, I think that, and, you know, I think both Coach Stanford and myself each have said publicly already that our relationship still exists strong on a professional and even on a personal level for the short time that we knew one another. And um, but we both agreed that um, mutually, and as he spoke to the team, he shared that 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 it was time he was going to go in a different correction direction with his career, and uh, that we would do, do so here in the football program. So, so it was hard hard news for some folks to receive in mid season, um, but I think that the uh, interim staff has done a good job of uh, rallying some spirit and, and keeping the guys lifted as seniors have closed out their careers, you know, which you want to celebrate folks that have committed so much time to us. And then also with the young guys and saying to them, hey, we got a program. We're going to continue and, and we're going to look to great things now. So the coaching change happened in about midway of season. How do you think the second half went? You know, I think that – I. I stayed very close. Um, I met with the team several times. Um, I gave them feedback not only on the search and where that direction was going, but we talked about sort of their spirit and where they were. And I was really pleased with the energy level that I saw in the back half of the season. Um, There were still things that I think were obvious to me and obvious to the staff and to the student-athletes also that we probably need to continue to work on and Mm -hmm. correct on both sides of the ball or on special teams, whatnot, you know, the technical aspects of the program. But in terms of their commitment, in terms of their energy level, both staff and student-athletes, I think, were folks that represented Hiram College very well. You know, I watched those games. I got very close to them. I went out to practices. I was in some team meetings, and I was just really pleased with the questions student-athletes had. And with the response by coaches who had to pick up and do some things that they didn't expect to do at the beginning of the year. Cool. So let's get into it. I don't know if you're obligated to say, but who's on the search committee? I don't mind sharing um, who's on the search committee. It's, it's relatively public knowledge here on campus. So for anybody off campus to hear at this point, we're so late in the process. I, it's just fine. I wouldn't have wanted these people to be hounded too early in the process by folks outside of our campus. But as they're getting ready to close their portion, I don't mind sharing because I think they should be recognized for the hard work that they've done. I already noted, I mentioned that Dr. Roxanne Sorek has, has chaired the committee and, and uh, you know, I, I leaned on some people here, some mentors of mine on campus and my early relationships on campus for someone who had tremendous organizational ability, somebody that was respected for such. And um, I was pleased that she was able to say yes and and was able to do exactly what I thought she would do. Uh, Of course, if folks don't know, she's a faculty athletic representative. And the NCAA highly recommends that when you do these types of searches, you include your faculty athletic representatives. So she was probably going to be on the committee regardless, but having her chair it was a, was a good decision, it turns out. And then also our other faculty athletic representative then, uh, Willard Greenwood, served on this committee. And then we also had from athletics, our assistant athletic director and head athletic trainer, Jim Johnston, mm-hmm. has served. From athletics, our head baseball coach, Phil Brewer, has served on this committee. 
uh, from over in admissions, which is a very key piece. Um, you, I mean, you look at a football program, you want to have about 110 to 125 players on yep. the roster, and so admissions is critical. So we had representation there. Uh, Mr. Sherman Dean has served on the okay. committee. Uh, diversity and inclusion is important in most any search we do on campus, but when you're looking at a football program that currently has a population of 75% um, non-white of, of minority students and 65% African-American, it was very important that we had a diverse uh, representation on this mm -hmm. committee. And so Sherman Dean served on there. Uh, D. West, who works out of our diversity yep. and inclusion office, has served on the committee. Um, we also have had Stephanie Simpson on the committee. She works with a large number of football players on the academic side and other student athletes in supporting um, you know, their goals towards a degree. And then we also had a couple members of the football program who were chosen by their peers. I met with the football program several times and let them know we were going to include representation. And they selected two members of their team by a vote. Mm -hmm. And those two members were junior Tyler Swearingen and sophomore Del Harris. And uh, they've been just as involved as, as any of the full-time you know, staff members who've been on the committee and really bring a different perspective. And so uh, this committee of nine individuals has worked really hard. I mean, they had, like I said, dozens and dozens of applications to look at, um, many meetings where they had to get together and just talk about what are we looking for in this new coach, what are some of the goals, what are the things that we seek. Um, and then the time invested in the telephone interviews, mm -hmm. and um, and they'll be meeting here shortly to make their recommendations um, to me as to who we will be bringing to campus okay. for those slots on campus. So, other than the two football players that were picked to be on the committee, how do you, how did you pick the people for this committee? Other than obviously uh, Mr. Sore. Well, I thought it was important that you have a, a balance of some different things. You certainly needed some people with athletic knowledge, people who've played football before, who understand the sport and kind of know what we're looking for on the questions with regard to athletics. You know, like what types of athletes are we seeking? Um, you know, what offensive, defensive sides of the ball? And, and so that was important. And we got some folks on there, you know, in that regard. But we also needed um, folks from the academic side. You know, the importance of our student athletes um, succeeding on campus in the classroom. And then, like I said, I mentioned that diversity was important as well. Um, enrollment was important. So these were areas that I knew we needed representation initially. I didn't know exactly who the person would be until then I dug in and I talked to some folks on campus and I started to see, you know, who are some people that would have an interest in being and serving on this committee as well as are respected by their peers, you know, for their leadership and decisions. And, and that's how we got where we did. Okay. So we talked about uh, how many people apply, but ballpark, how many, how many, uh, candidates have applied? Uh, I, I think I would be close if I were to say a couple of hundred. Okay. Um, I, I haven't counted in recent days, mm -hmm. but the last count I did was approaching a couple of hundred applications, and I've seen a couple of dozen or several dozen come in since then. So, And that's not uncommon. This is the third time in my career I've been involved with a Division three head football coaching search on, on different campuses. Mm -hmm. You know, these jobs, they're hard to come by. Yeah. And um, when, you, when you put those ads out there, people that have links to your region and to your school certainly apply. But you also get applications from people that have never coached in this division, mm -hmm. from people that have never coached at the college level, and from people who don't know where Hiram is or perhaps don't even know how to pronounce it. <laughs> um, but, but you get those because these are hard jobs to get, and so people do blanket applications sometimes, and, and you end up seeing a lot of them. Yeah. 
So we talk about Hiram and Hiram football, and it's been a while since we had a winning season. So. 31 years, I think. 31 years. So what makes the job so, well, I guess the word is, like, why do candidates, a lot of candidates are applying for this job? You know, I do believe we have candidates, and I've heard this in their voice um, and, and in their messages and cover letters, that want a position exactly like this. The sense of accomplishment of coming in and being able to build something special and to have an impact on a campus that reaches beyond the football program, that brings a sense of pride to a community, that sees the members of a team get involved as leaders in student organizations, in the classroom, and in other places. You know, I, I look on my own experience. Um, when I coached, I coached, you know, the sport of wrestling, not football, but the sport mm -hmm. of wrestling. And at two of my stops at Division three institutions, I took over programs that had been eliminated. Um, one of them had just been canceled, um, and it was going to be totally dropped within a year, and I was sort of an interim coach. And at the other place I went, the program had been dropped 25 years earlier, and we started it back up. And I tell you, there's nothing quite like the feeling of being pioneers in a program and, and building something. And, you know, that could be said a lot of places. I mean, for entrepreneurs who start their own businesses, for faculty who come on and start a new academic program at an institution, for people who start a new student organization that can celebrate a lot of successes. And I feel the same way about our football program. Um, somebody can come in here and they can do something that has been uncommon, you know, in the mm -hmm. last half a century at Hiram College. And the way that we will smile and celebrate that together will be outstanding. And I want to be right there with this person, walking along as I can for help in fundraising and development and whatever I can do to support them to do what we want to do. Gotcha. So talking about the candidates in the committee, what is the committee's, I would say, job? Is there, like, any cutoffs they, sure. they can not pass or, like, yeah, boundaries they can't pass? Say that again? It's like – um. What is their specific role as a committee? Like, obviously, I know you have your own role, so mm -hmm. what do they do for you? Sure. Sure. So when they were first, uh, when the committee was being formed, I shared some of that information with them so that mm -hmm. they could make, you know, a legitimate decision on whether they wanted to serve. And so I shared with them what my expectations were and what I was hoping we would have from the committee. And then right after it was formed in their first meeting or second meeting, I was in the room and shared a list of goals as well. And one of the things that I asked them to do was to, with their diligent work, looking at each app that came in, to make a determination of about eight to 12 candidates minimum that they would interview either in a video style or by phone. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's kind of a first level. And, um, and they've, they're in the process of doing that. They're nearly finished. And then I said, at some point, recommend, please, to me, three to five candidates that you believe we should bring to campus. Now, I did share with them at that time because they needed to know this, that ultimately the decision of the hire will rest in myself and my supervisors, you know, on campus. And they know that. Yeah. Um, so that if um, they bring a candidate that they strongly recommend and um, that's the person we go ahead and make an offer to, um, you know, that'll be stated. And, and if for some reason, whatever it might be, if myself, um, if I chose to go in a different direction, I obviously would owe them an explanation and still thank them for their work. But that is their uh, primary purpose here um, that you've asked me, Matt, is to recommend who would get those first-level interviews and then who would be advanced to a second level. Yep. So saying you guys had a couple hundred uh, applicants, how do they cut that down from a couple hundred to the eight to 12 you said? Sure. And 
do you get kind of nervous leaving it in their hands, <laughs> so to speak? Well, you certainly you try and select, number one, people that you trust, and you base mm-hmm. it upon their past work performance and their commitment to Hiram College, right? And so I, I, I'm not nervous. I'm, I'm excited. I think that's the right word for me to choose. And, and through this process, they have asked me questions, and, and, and we've made clear what are some of the things we're looking yeah. for. I mean, you put together spreadsheets and check boxes of, mm-hmm. does this person have this kind of a history? What have they done? You know, different things. And, and I don't mind sharing a few of those with you. None of these in particular, as I share them, if a person lacked them, would it necessarily disqualify them? Mm-hmm. But you look at the whole grouping, right? You look at the entirety of their application. But some things that play to a person's favor is have they climbed the ladder? You know, did they start out as, as a grad assistant or an intern and, and worked their way up and were rewarded in their career and have continued to climb to a position coach, maybe all the way to a coordinator role? And then we certainly have applications that have already been a head coach, so mm-hmm. they have climbed a ladder. Where did they climb the ladder? Did they do it all at one institution? Where have they had multiple mentors in their career? Have they been at institutions where they were in a winning model, where they have seen success in championships? Um, Do they have links to Northeast Ohio or Ohio in general for recruiting purposes? Um, How do they present themselves, you know, public Mm -hmm. image in terms of in recruiting or in marketing of the program? So there's, there's, those are a number of the factors that I shared, um, integrity being a big one. And, and do, they, do, they, do they wear that on their sleeve? Do they yeah. tell people what they believe in? And what type of a leader are they? And so uh, those are many of the considerations, and there are others. But then, you know, I asked the committee to look at the whole grouping of all those considerations. And the folks that check off the most boxes, those are the ones we're interested in yeah. talking to at the end of the day. So personally, do you feel like going – with a young guy is better or going with an older or more experienced guy? Because we see in our baseball coach, he's a young guy, but he's building a program mm-hmm. with the number of recruits he's bringing in. So do you think you should go young or go more experienced? That's an interesting question. You know, I think a couple of people on the committee even had, had that kind of a question. The great news for us was that our pool is um, so large and so diverse that we have both ends and in between. And for me, It doesn't matter in terms of age, um, but there are some considerations on both ends that people sometimes have, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. the question marks that some people ask about the young person is, do they have enough experience? Do they have the professional maturity? Have they seen enough different things to this point? And then on the other end, people ask is, where's the energy level? Is an older candidate connected with social media and current marketing strategies and things like that? Well, what I think about both ends of that spectrum is your outstanding leaders who would make a tremendous football coach for Hiram College are the people who are cognizant, the people who are self-aware of those areas that they need to cover, the ones that they do really well and the ones that they will staff really well. Mm -hmm. So I don't exclude an older candidate because they might not have the same social media skills as a 25 or a 30-year-old, right? But what we look at is in the programs that they're in, have they been able to hire people that did those things for them? Way or did they gain that knowledge mm-hmm. and, and were able to do it themselves? And then with the young guy, you know, if you, if you bring in somebody that's young, do they bring in some people with a little more experience and maybe an ability to connect with other departments on campus like development and admissions and so forth? So so the, the, the head coach in, in a football role, it's interesting, a little different from other programs because their staff is large. They have the ability to complement themselves with their hires. And you can't just hire all your buddies, right, who have all the same skill sets as you and all the same beliefs as you and lack diversity. Um, You need to go out and you need to get uh, a staff that covers all the bases. Yep. So 
What do you look for in a coach, Ben? Well, I mentioned a couple of the pieces for me that are important. One of the things is that that first feature thing for me is is the integrity mm -hmm. and the style of leadership. You know, I want someone who's not afraid to lead and somebody who's not afraid to set high goals and talk about how we're going to reach them. I see a football coach, and let's just face it, you know, and I've talked with this about our staff just in a staff meeting this week. I said, you know, most of us in the room aren't football coaches. We're coaches of other sports. Yep. I said, but we recognize that in America and on college campuses, the football coach can have an impact that is harder for others of us to have as coaches. Mm -hmm. It has partly to do with um, the number of student athletes that they lead, over 100 on campus. I mean, my goodness, this football coach may attract 15%, nearly 20% of the students who end up on our campus. Mm -hmm. And so that's one part of a football coach reaching, you know, that, that, that big population that we have. But the other thing is, you know, this coach, um, they have the ability to speak at alumni functions, to go out and raise money for the institution, to have an impact in admissions even beyond their own program. And so I want someone who welcomes those responsibilities, who says, I believe that I will build a great football program and we will have a winning football program if we have something that's so attractive to our entire community that everybody wants to be a part. Yep. So I want somebody that's got that charisma that can go out there and um, can talk about a vision and inspire you to go through a wall to get to it. That's what I'm looking for. 100%. So we're talking about new coaching, and you guys are looking for a new coach, and to some kids that's scary because sure, sure is. it's not the coach that recruited them there. It's not the position coach anymore. They have to start a whole new bond, and some kids will say, if, well, if I have to start a new bond, I should go somewhere else. And things of that nature so how what do you say to that you know that's been one of the foremost questions for our current student athletes and i do not blame them at all mm -hmm. you know that's a legitimate question that i think would get asked in any program where something like this happened but the thing that i've said back to them as a lifelong coach myself is <laughs> fellas coaches like to win 100 and if they bring in a recruiting class of their own people that they've chased some of those people are still going to need development when they get here. And if you're a sophomore or junior or going to be a senior and you've worked hard and you believe in yourself and your abilities and you do and buy into the system when the new coach comes in, I'll have an eye on it, but I also trust that the type of person we choose to hire is going to have an eye to everyone in our program. He's not going to have my guys and those guys. Mm -hmm. These are our, our guys, guys together. And so I'm, I'm trying to relay that that's something I'm looking for. And, hey, these, these student-athletes of ours, I've invited them. They're going to be in the room meeting each of these candidates. They're going to have a question and answer with them, and they're going to be able to provide feedback on that. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have a sense of how they feel about each of these candidates also. Okay, so with having 100 or so kids, how important is this hire? It's tremendously important, and I, I think that's why we have a large committee. That's why it's from so many different departments. Mm -hmm. You know, here's the thing. If we make a hire at this time um, without digging in with the type of work we're doing and giving it the diligence we have, then things continue, and we're talking maybe in another few years about an even smaller roster. You know, our roster's fallen in recent years mm -hmm. from about 120 to 80. Um, we, we're talking about an even smaller roster, and we're talking about more losses. But imagine what we could be talking about if we carried 110 to 125 football players year to year, we retained them to graduation. They became impactful leaders all over our campus and bought into a belief that was bigger than them, into what they could do as a group together. Yep. 
I've been on these campuses when you turn a program around in football, and I've seen the energy it brings to everyone else, not only in the athletic department, but the people on Saturday afternoons that want to be a part of it, and the alumni who come back to campus who haven't been here in years and years. There, there is an energy created uh, that can help an entire institution to develop a sense of pride. So, you know, Matt, I, I believe it's a critical hire. It's just, it's coincidental that the first, you know, coaching hire it looks like that I'm going to be doing as an athletic director happens to be the football hire. Um, that's that's where we're landing, you know. And, and so that's that was a, a, a pretty big coincidence for me, but some people have pointed it out to me. And, um, and so I'm excited for it. I'm eager uh, to start working with someone. Okay. So uh, Coach Ross has said he's interested in this position. How do you feel about promoting him, or does he have to go through the same process like every other candidate? Well, that's the first question you'd ask me today, Matt, that I'm going to have to defer a little on. I'm, I'm not at this time <laughs> going to be able to talk about um, specific candidates for the position. But I, I will talk just in a, in a generality about when you have any search and you have internal um, and external candidates mm -hmm. is you want to keep the, the process as consistent as possible. You know, you ask folks on both ends of that to submit the same types of materials, to participate in the same fashion. For example, you know, if you have an on-campus candidate and your other uh, candidates are away from campus, you're still going to have that on-campus candidate do the phone interview or the video submission or whatever it is, right? So you keep it consistent. Um, there's no doubt there are advantages that on-campus candidates have. They have an ability to impress people that the other folks don't have, right, in person. And, and that's why sometimes those folks get moved on, but other times they don't. You, mm -hmm. you just try to be as consistent as you can. I will say this about Coach Roz. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with what he's done for us, and I'm very grateful um, for him stepping in and, and doing you know what he's done, as I said earlier in the interview. So I'm grateful for that. But let's let this process play out, Matt, and then I'll come back and talk with you about it. All right. So in our first interview, you talked about uh, like family, team bonding, recruiting, and wins for evaluating coaches. Is this still true to this hire, or are there other criteria you're looking at? I think that's still true. I mean, that's consistent. Um, you know, with a new coach coming in, though, you have some things, some orientation things you got to get through, right? Mm -hmm. They've got to they've got to learn the ropes. They've got to understand what our current systems are, and then maybe they give us feedback that we could better a system here or there. So, so I'm sure you get some some speed bumps along the way, you know, or some yellow lights that slow you down. Uh, mm -hmm. But but my goals remain the same. You know, we want that family feeling. We want to complement the academic experience of our students. We want them to learn lessons through our sports programs that they take into the world with them when yeah. they leave here. Yeah, that's what we're looking for. All right. So from switching to football to volleyball, mm -hmm. any updates on the coaching search? Yeah, you know, we knew when we formed the committee and when we first met with the team that this was a difficult time of year um, to go out and find a permanent men's volleyball head coach. Uh, first of all, as, as a relatively new sport in our region mm -hmm. and, and even around the country for small colleges, the coaching pool is not, not very, very deep. Yeah. yeah, It's certainly not like football and even not like other sports. Um, so it's not very deep to begin with. And then the timing uh, during the year has, has been tough. Um, we've had some, some good candidates that were in the mix and for whatever, whatever reason it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. The one thing we've really tried to do through this whole process is stay committed to our student-athletes, meet with them regularly, and let, let them know where we are. So we've started a conversation with them at this point about the potential of an interim solution okay. and then to go back out and look for a permanent solution um, in the spring when there should be a larger candidate poll. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to thank the team. 
I mean, their their patience, their understanding, uh, their commitment to Hiram College yeah. and to digging in and continuing to train through their fall non-traditional season, it's there. And I believe they're going to surprise a lot of people this year when we get to season uh, after the first of the year. But I think in just a, probably about 10 to 14 days, uh, we'll be in a position to uh, update you uh, with an interim plan for right now. Okay, so these are two different sports. Is there two different committees? There are. Okay. There are, yeah. yeah. And, and, and again, um, just being straightforward, the football committee is larger mm-hmm. and, you know, and is a lot more time intensive. And it has to do with the number of student athletes and the impact of that program. Yeah. Okay, so we are looking for two more coaches. And what updates are being made to the school and athletic-wise to get more kids to come in? And trust that we're doing a good job here for school and bringing in coaches. Yeah, well, certainly all of our other programs are, are operating as they always would. Um, we've had some consistency in other programs at the head coaching position. And so those coaches are out there recruiting if they're in their off season And if they're in season, like we just got basketball, mm-hmm. you know, started. We had a great win for the women's team um, last, last night. night. You know, some some of the uh, highest point totals and stat totals than we've had in, in about a decade or so in last <laughs> night's game. So that was exciting. But uh, it's fun to be in basketball season now. Of course, our swim team. Team is is still competing and uh, cheer and stunt had a terrific performance at a scrimmage the other day where they actually competed with a team out of the University of Michigan. So uh, so we've got some great things going in our other programs right now that we're excited about. We also have um, some other things going on on campus that folks might not know about. Um, we have a new scoreboard, and I want to really? yeah, and I want to thank Ellen Dempsey for all the work that she did before I got here to make this a reality. Um, Ellen went out and did a tremendous amount of fundraising development work and connected with our alums and our friends of our program and where the Henry uh, Field sign and scoreboard are in the football field. Today, we will actually break ground, start to bore holes in the ground for the new support system that will put up our new entirely digital scoreboard. Um, the scoreboard that's going in will allow us a great, a lot of great opportunities. Uh, we'll be able to feature, you know, film. We'll be able to put student pictures up there when we're introducing, you know, players. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be able to run ad space. We'll be able to do some marketing Sponsor. and have sponsors for our programs. Uh, our current scoreboard is about seven and a half feet high by twenty feet wide. The new scoreboard will be nearly fifteen feet high by about twenty-eight feet wide. So it's going to be huge compared to the one that we have. It's going to be in that same spot facing right over, you know, towards the stands. It's the type of thing we'll be able to put feature movies up there sometimes in the Mm -hmm. spring when the weather gets nice and any students in the evening want to go out and just enjoy watching a movie or something. So I thank Ellen Dempsey and everybody else who's worked on that project, and it's come to fruition, and today we'll actually be uh, breaking some ground there. That's awesome, man. So so we got that going on. One other thing you might be interested to know, a lot of folks have asked me um, upon my arrival if we would consider the addition of any sports, mm-hmm. and uh, we've been working on that uh, in the department, and uh, we've examined a number of different sports. Um, there's um, women's bowling, um, there's triathlon, uh, track and field, um, the sport of not just men's but women's wrestling, men's and women's wrestling. We've looked at a number of these different sports, um, and we're pretty close um, to being ready to submit proposals and to look at what we might be able to do in growing the department. So uh, probably if, uh, if you're kind enough to have me back in a few weeks Definitely. and we have a new football coach in place and we have a men's volleyball coach in place, uh, maybe we'll have an opportunity to talk about those sport additions. That's awesome. All right, guys, you hear to hear first. If you're not a Hiram Terrier, you definitely want to be one. Thank you, Athletic Director Todd Hips. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Matt.